0: Denny's is gutter sauce, and so is Waffle House. Waffle House is where you go to make the last mistake of your evening.
1: Waffle House is terrible. I've been there many times. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Awful times. They've, they've taken my money.
0: Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McCrae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me. And Leland, big news, of course, breaks right after we post the episode last week on Tuesday night of former head football coach at Wilson Memorial. Coach Major is now the athletic director at Waynesboro. That's where he makes his move. So now Wilson Memorial will be looking for a head football coach, but uh, obviously yep. the first thing is for Waynesboro, they filled the AD slot that they needed to fill and now uh major can kind of work on building the athletic program back up there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jeremiah following, uh, coach McDaniel again, uh, which is kind of all it's been, a, it's been an odd occurrence there where he was at Wilson on the staff, coach McDaniel left to go to. Waynesboro Major stepped up into the head coach of the football team. That, that one seemed uh, straightforward and fine. But now that it's happened again, going to Waynesboro, you um, know, it probably says something about their relationship and, and the faith that, uh, um, you know, Major has and how good a job is being done before him with Coach McDaniel. And, and, and let's be honest, Mc, uh, Coach Major stepped into a, a nice spot when he became the head coach of Wilson before they were immediately a uh, state playoff team for like three years straight, went to a state final. Um, came up short, but, I mean, still very competitive. It was the it was the height of the Riverheads-Wilson rivalry in football particularly. So uh, Major did a great job there early at Wilson football. Things fell off a little bit, and they've been kind of struggling to uh, make the playoffs or be just right on the edge of making it in here the last couple of years. But um, he moves up to, go, to be an athletic director, so, you know, congratulations to yeah. him and, um, you know, good for him because that's, you know, no matter how you look at it, that's a promotion. But you're going to Waynesboro, which is what I look at as one of the toughest AD jobs, particularly in the area. Maybe I won't say state, but in the area, you know, that's the only team that seems to be continually struggling struggling with numbers on these sports teams, uh, including football, including uh, girls basketball. Uh, We've heard it in other sports as well. Uh, You know, building up the athletic image in that school is going to be really important. And it's going to be, you know, his job to support these coaches and also, you know, do whatever he can to um, to assist those coaches in getting kids on the field, because uh, it's just crazy to me that Wayne's is having this problem with numbers. It just doesn't add up. As I um, say, never it, added up me.
0: It's, it's a three a it, school. It's not some like small one yeah. a school with like 200 kids in the entire building. It's it's a three a school. It's the one of the larger schools, if not the largest school in the area. So yeah. the fact that they're the they one are. that can't field a football team when things are going great, uh, no pandemic to deal with. Uh, yeah, that that's concerning uh, as an outsider to that situation.
1: yeah and and it didn't make sense to me that it was happening at Waynesboro with McDaniel at the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe some fresh I said this when they hired the football coach. Fresh blood might just help. I didn't think the last guy was doing a poor job. Uh, we, he was on our podcast. he seemed great. he he, he left. it seemed amicable. Um, so we'll, we'll take it from there. But I thought maybe the fresh blood, the fresh voice, Maybe that helps get kids out, maybe from the athletic director spot too. maybe somehow just a switch up helps. Now you hit on it. We don't know what kind of world we live in right now with athletics and everything. So just all, just add, that's out the door. Like we, we can't analyze what that is. And the VHSL will have more to say on that than than the kids in the school, even because will or will that won't they play fall sports and moving forward? We don't know. So we can't analyze that. But we can say it's fresh voice in there. And it'll be interesting to see how things go. You know, it it's just it's hard to ignore the success that Wilson had on football right after Coach McDaniel went out the door and Major was in it. So I'm just I'm i am hopeful we see some kind of parallel where the football team now is good to go and has a JV team here in like two years, three years. And and then they're and they're winning football games and the, and the girls basketball team has plenty of players. And and just some of these problems that we've been hearing there go away. And, and that's just being optimistic. I don't. You know, if Coach McDaniel was still there, I'd still be hoping in the same thing. But, you know, with a different voice in there, you know, maybe maybe we'll see something, uh, you know, kind of surprising come out of Waynesboro.
0: Yeah, hopefully.
1: Looking at the Wilson coaching job aspect of that, you know, I really don't have a good read on who can who can fall into that. You know, with Stewart's draft, I, you know, wildly threw names at the job, having really no idea who's going there. But I don't even know what names to throw at Wilson. Sure, you look on the staff and you see Quinny Doffelmeyer and, um, you know, coach Brown and cash and, and there's other guys. And uh, maybe, maybe this is the time we get uh Colin back on here to uh, see some inside information, but I, I don't, I don't know who goes in there. It's a little bit of an uphill battle there too. They're be playing class three football now at Wilson. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can get in there and find success that they've had not so long in the past.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you and I both agree. We kind of thought Wilson was going to be a contender for that second place spot at the beginning of the year, and it just didn't pan out that way last year. So we'll see what a new coach does if they decide to keep that same offense, if they switch it up. I mean, that's obviously the most exciting part every time there's a new coach. What do you do with the the kind of offense that you're running? We talked about it last week with Stewart's Draft basketball. Are they going to keep that three-diculous pace going, the press, and shoot threes wildly and hope they go in and you score more than the other team? It worked last year, you got them to a state tournament, but that was the first state tournament in school history. Do you keep that up? With Wilson football, they run an offense that I think you and I both commented at times, it just didn't seem like the players knew their assignments consistently enough, and that's why they struggled on offense. So do you keep going with that? Do you hope they pick it up in the offseason, or do you look at it and try to switch it up? Another problem with switching it up this year, again, not to bring it back up, but we're in a pandemic. So you're probably not going to have that many practices before a season would start. So if you try to switch it up, now you're saying, okay, kids, we're going to get rid of that super complicated offense and we're going to go to this thing that you also have never looked at before. So I don't know. It's it's a tough question and obviously they got to fill the fill the vacancy before we can even worry about that.
1: It's interesting the timing of this vacancy and and, and this isn't coach Major leaving him in a tough spot. This is him taking the opportunity yeah, yeah, when yeah. the opportunity came. But The whole pandemic kind of does even things out because even if this spot became open, when most coaching positions come open, you know, late winter, early spring, you know, you get the new coach in there and you get these off season workouts and stuff going, well, no one's been able to have that. So it kind of, you know, helps your timeline that, Hey, this new coach is going to get in there the same time that he would have, even if he was hired in the last of February. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. One thing I just want to remind listeners, I don't, I don't mean to say this, that it's some kind of rumor or anything. I just, it's thinking about it that Coach Wygant just left Wilson a year ago and he went to be head coach of Buffalo Gap. And it's just, it's interesting that, you know, if this happens a year sooner, is Coach Wygant the one that's stepping into that role at Wilson? It's just an interesting thing. You think of what could have been. I think Wygant's a great fit out at Buffalo Gap and I wouldn't expect to hear anything more about his name. It's just interesting you know, if this happens one year sooner, maybe this was the move he was waiting on. And then finally, all right, it's my time to go. I'm going. Um, so it, it's just reminding, you know, they don't have that assistant, that, that next up assistant. He's he already left a year ago. He's not sitting there waiting in the wings and, and yeah, maybe, maybe one he of the is. things I mentioned yeah. is, is more so of that, but uh, it's just something to mention. One more quick mention Fort Defiance hired a new athletic director. So he's not leaving a coaching spot. So it's, it's less exciting for us to analyze. But uh, Coach R- or Richard Miller coming out of Fort Defiance, coming to Fort Defiance, coming out of Rockbridge as an assistant principal. He's coming to be AD at Fort Defiance. Uh, he has been at Fort before. He was a f- assistant football coach under Dan Roth uh, back probably close to 10 years ago. I'm not exactly sure the years he was there. And then he moved into administration since then. So a familiar name back at Fort. I know a lot of people are excited to have him there. Uh, the former AD at Fort, uh, Uh, mark mace he's in an assistant role so a lot of that administration very familiar with that school with larry landis leaving as principal uh alan Scholl stepping up there so the fort administration team is very very similar as it used to be um and and that's for you know a a football team that rose a lot last year and 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 a lot of their sports are very solid their baseball team had high hopes this spring so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see uh you know richard miller in there in that spot
0: All right, let's move to some national news here, Leland. Did you watch NASCAR? I had it on the TV all afternoon. Okay. Did you watch it? I
1: didn't sit and watch every minute of it, but I watched early. Um, I might have dozed in the middle with a uh, one-year-old laying on my shoulder, and then I watched the end. Uh, It was more race than I've watched. It's the most race of a non-Daytona race, which that phrase will come up again, that I've watched in years. It really is. I know we talk about NASCAR a lot of weeks, but I I just don't watch that much. And it's not even like I have to get there at the end. I just catch on who won and move on. But I watched more just because it was live sports.
0: I forgot about it. I didn't watch a single lap. I didn't watch a single lap. I was watching movies this weekend. Um, I was playing some games that we'll list when we get to that segment. But um, I, I didn't even didn't even hit my mind. I completely forgot about it. Didn't watch it. The other sport, I knew it was coming back, and I didn't care. I'll let you talk about golf. golf.
1: Yeah. Oh, I Kevin Harvick it.
0: won the race, by the way. So golf.
1: Uh, yeah, golf. Uh, you know, I had it on. I, I have the two TVs, so I had it on some, um, and it, it didn't stay there the whole time by any means. I watched early just to kind of see the feel of it. Um, everybody was talking so much about the golf course there um, that it was something to see, and, and there'll be a big tournament there planned for next year, um, but. I, with only four golfers um, and it not including Tiger Woods or Peyton Manning, I just didn't have the interest level there. I mean, I'm just not a big Ricky Fowler guy. I, I, the Rory and DJ, I mean, it was, they had three of the biggest stars of the young guys there. They tried, it just didn't capture me. Um, I heard it was good, but I, it wasn't, it didn't draw me in. And I, I don't really feel like I missed anything. The interesting point that I wanted to bring up about both of these is, what is interesting and this is the pandemic side is we talk so much about social distancing and coming back safely and everything. both events I was live watching when they had event that they had a, a situation where there wasn't social they weren't doing what they were preaching that they would do. NASCAR, all the spotters started spread out apparently I never saw that but then when they showed them later in the race they were all in one section <laughs> sitting, some side by side with each other, not six feet apart by by any means. Now, we want to argue what use is it being six foot apart or not. That's not for this podcast. They weren't doing what they said they would do to protect the people involved. You know, those are NASCAR uh, participants, and there's rules from NASCAR saying, we are going to keep these people. We are doing this. We are doing this. This isn't guys on the same team. These are spotters from different drivers, and they just congregated together so I think NASCAR for an image standpoint needs to pay attention to that and and maybe just tell the camera guys and the production team, if you guys see something like that, maybe you don't show it. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would probably play that way first, but then in the golf, Steve Sands, a great guy, he comes on Tony Kornheiser. He just turns and starts interviewing Dustin Johnson right up in his face. Like he does any other week. And uh, it's just different than they said they would be. Now he very much acknowledged he did something wrong and he apologized and all this, but, the more we put people into situations, the more we create these situations where we're back, it's creating those opportunities. And you're trusting for people on their own to act the right way. And it's hard to control all the time. And it's, I think it was just two good examples of these sports that are trying to get back from a national level or even a local level. It, it's just hard to control these situations. And and as careful as you want to think, RV, or, or the or the company line statements that you want to make, it's, it's just not going to happen that way, and um, it's it makes me think maybe you just need to wait a little bit more, just 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 a little bit. On the sports, on the sports, I'm not saying the businesses can't open. I, that's a different topic, and that's not our podcast, but the sports, it just seems secondary, or third and dairy.
0: Tertiary is the word, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, in terms of NASCAR, it... And the spotters, I'll say this, that's going to be hard to enforce. And if you try to enforce it, you're going to have some angry teams at you because it's hard to see the whole track from certain spots on that box, I'm sure. And I'm sure that's why they congregate is because all of them want to be in that same spot because that's the best spot. So NASCAR is going to have to basically tell some teams, hey, there might be a uh, your spotter might not be able to see a certain part of the track where we're going to put them. So good luck. Um, And that's kind of dangerous. So. I think the answer there is just don't show it. I, just yeah. tell the camera people you don't show the spotters. We're not doing that. Um, golf is whatever. Uh,
1: but no, but I mean,
0: okay. But the example. No, I, I gave, know what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. I my point is court, my point, point is any first, yeah. The, do the same thing. Let me just say this: the TV production is not going to want to give up that sideline person. So that's why that's another reason why, with all these rules and all this stuff, I'm just like yeah, it's but you're not going to do that. You're going to do it for like a game. And then you're going to be like, okay, what can we get away with? How close can we get? And it's would- going to be a game between the production crews and the leagues and the rules. I don't trust them. I don't trust, I don't trust society, but I don't trust the TV people to, to always do what they say they're going to do.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I think I started with that. So I agree with that. Um, And, and my point with the golf was, that sideline reporter is going to have it anywhere. I I didn't understand in the golf, they had the guys mic'd up. We were hearing what they were saying all day. I don't know why you can't just holler a question and, and, and let them answer it over there, not even have a mic in your hand. And then when you're the sideline guy beside the green, talking about the green, talking about the plan, you still have that guy there. I, I don't know. There's equivalent in the basketball, just mic the coaches up and only cut it on. If basketball comes back soon. And don't have the sideline guy even approach. Don't don't have him there. They can still be on the sideline. Hey, I'm seeing that this guy is hurt over there. But don't have him there with a mic. Like, just pres- set him up for success. I don't know.
0: Yeah, can't do that. Speaking of set him up for success, let's move on to Virginia Tech recruiting where we're going to burn it all down. Um, Demetrius Davis, We talked about we talked about how we're not going to talk about recruits anymore, and then we're going to talk about a recruit this week. Um he talked a lot about himself. So it's an exception. Um Demetrius Davis, obviously, last week decommitted from Virginia Tech. We talked about our feelings. Um, and then he commits to Auburn, which we said was gonna happen. Even though Auburn wasn't listed in his top three, yes.
1: he's playing games, this which is, is oh
0: so dumb. Um when his top three came out, I was like, oh, it's gonna be so shocking when he picks Auburn. Um I- definitely didn't buy that nonsense but um he then where i think where a lot of virginia obviously some of virginia tech twitter is going to be very upset that he didn't pick virginia tech and they're going to come at him for that i was of the belief
1: right mind would think he's going to decommit one week and recommit the next week to the same school
0: oh after but here's the other thing right that, that we haven't touched on when he decommitted he said he wants to take all his official visits then well, then know? he says over the weekend, I'm gonna commit <laughs> on Sunday I think He's he like says it on Saturday or whatever
1: because she didn't want to have a boyfriend and a week and a half later she was dating another guy It's the yeah. same
0: thing yeah, it's, it's the, the same, same thing, thing. <laughs> um
1: that's great, doesn't make it any better.
0: that's a great <laughs> analogy that's a great <laughs> analogy um but he <laughs> he commits to Auburn uh, and I I was of the belief at that moment before I saw the Rivals article that comes out later in the evening. um, Okay, I'm not going to root for him because he's not coming to Tech and I I just don't... He picked Auburn. I just don't root for Auburn. uh, But I'm not going to necessarily root against the kid. But then you read his article or his comments in the Rivals article where he says why he picked Auburn. He's like, the only reason I picked Virginia Tech is because of early playing time i could have gone there and started right away and i was like "Mm, not if hooker's still there you weren't and i'm not quincy patterson is maybe debatable but i'm not i wouldn't say definitely he's starting over quincy patterson um and that's if hendon hooker leaves early which i don't think he will but what do i know um everyone else leaves virginia tech early so why not but uh then he then he mentions that. about academics and he's auburn's better academically in every way really the only advantage virginia tech had over auburn was that i could have played early look if he wants to say auburn is in a better place nationally than virginia tech in football fine it's hard to hear as a virginia tech fan but it's probably true um if he wants to say he thinks their football program or the school is a better fit for him Fine. His dad went to Auburn. He picks Auburn. That's fine. That's another reason. You want to say, look, it's where my dad went. I want to go where my dad went. Fine. But when you started throwing the academics in, that's where Virginia Tech Twitter gets riled up. And I got to be honest, I, don't, I will never endorse tweeting a 17-year-old kid on Twitter, uh, whatever you think. I think it's weird when people are praising recruits and being positive about it. When it's a 30, 40-year-old guy Here's, here's the thing, and this is what I would ask fans of every fan base. Just don't tweet at recruits. I don't care if you think it's positive. I don't care if it's negative. Just don't tweet at recruits. They're high school kids. You're a grown adult in most cases. Just don't tweet them. Just don't tweet at them. Don't quote retweet them. Don't tweet about them. It doesn't matter. When they start playing games, then you can tweet about them or whatever. That's fine. I still think it's a little weird if you go super hardcore, but whatever. But when you start attacking an academic institution that a lot of people have graduated from and feel very strongly about that, yeah, you're gonna get attacked on it. And some of that I'm gonna say you kind of brought on yourself.
1: You're not even accurate, is is just what's irritating as can be. I I agree with you, man. I and I've said it before plenty of times in this podcast. I generally don't Get worked up with these 18-year-olds changing their mind, or you know, early transfer portals, or or you know, commitments and decommitments. This one burned a little bit more because he was such a good player, and it seemed like he was hooked to a lot of other guys coming. But now, the way that he's gone out, I I'm definitely not rooting for Auburn anytime soon. And I'm not going to say I wish ill upon this player. I just hope he, his team doesn't win football games. I'd love it to see if he doesn't even make the field for that. But I'm also rooting for us to see Auburn in a, you know, Independence or Gator or Music City or Belk or, or Better Bowl. You know, Better Bowl would be great. I'd love to go see Auburn. You know, we played them in a, in a, um,
2: Sugar, sugar Bowl.
1: Bowl back in what, 05. Mm-hmm. I was down there in, in the Sugar, uh, in the uh, Superdome for that. And I'd love to see them again in that kind of setting and, and, and really take our shot. I mean, I, I'm always going to think we're going to win. I always want to put ourselves in a situation. And, um, but I, yeah, I, I am individually <laughs> more upset about this than I have been before. I will continue that. I will not be talking about these recruits until they sign uh, places from now on. But this kid is on the other side of the, I am kind of, this is going to be uh, retroactive. This is, <laughs> he's, or, or I don't know what I'm saying, but he's, he's on my list. I, I don't yeah, want he's to dead see to us. this kid's team succeed. <laughs> Just... no. He's not dead to me. I'm gonna <laughs> He's on attention. another list. I'm gonna pay attention when when they're playing Georgia, when they're playing uh, Alabama. You know, they, they like what they do when they get to Alabama. I I'm gonna pay attention because I just don't like how this went down. Um, I I think this kid has kind of personified what I feel is wrong with college football the the self promoting and everything that's happened. He's just really played it out, and for him to speak lies in his reasoning. It irritates me about him. It also irritates me about the school he's going to because you know he's being fed that information. That's not accurate. Hey, maybe their university studies program is better than Virginia Tech's. So I'll give them that. But no other program is. So just, I don't know, man. I, I'm just not a fan of this kid anymore. Like I said, no ill individual. I, I don't want to see the kid hurt, but I'd like to see this kid lose as many football games as possible. And if, and if he doesn't even see the field for to be a part of that losing, actually would make it sweeter. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to see him be the one fail. I want to see that they think they can, they have a better chance at winning without him and then still lose and have him on the sideline watching. So that's uh, where I'm at.
0: That would be funny. If he does play, I think he might be the one that makes me root for Alabama in the Iron Bowl again. It's been a long time since that's been the case, and I think he might be the one to do it.
1: I haven't watched a lot of those games because they usually have the same time as the Tech UVA games. So I have not sat there and watched many of those. But when I do, I, I don't know if I'm rooting. I'm just they're not playing not... on
0: Fridays. They're playing on Saturdays.
1: That's true. I, I guess the last couple have been. But before that, like the like the uh, kick six, I mm-hmm. was coming back from the UVA game. And so I just I, that's what I always think of. Um but we will see. Hey, we're not playing on Saturdays or on Fridays anymore. So um hopefully there's a season. All right. So the last topic for the A block. Last dance wrapped up. I assume you watched that. I did. I enjoyed the series. I know I know people have I think generally people like it. I'm not saying there's like a big stance out there that people don't like it. I argue with Patrick Height. We were split in hairs you on did. what what's it better than or not, and you know what was I there for. And that's fine. I thought it was a well done sh- well done show. You know, I think um, Ken Burns made a point saying, Well, this isn't really a documentary because it's, you know, made by Michael Jordan's production team and blah, blah, blah. The guy has a point, but I don't know. I wanted to be entertained every Sunday night, so I was. The nostalgia really hit perfect for me. It made me happy every week. It didn't make me sad. And uh, not everything else I see on the TV when I choose to turn it on seems to make me sad. So I just, I just want to, I wanted to be happy. It made me happy. And in all honesty, I didn't think Jordan looked terrible out of this. I thought a lot of the negatives they hit on were kind of negatives. I was already aware of myself. So it wasn't new negative. It was nice to hear some explanation. Yeah. Steve Kerr. I got, I punched him in the face after Phil was all over me. Then I called the guy and I apologized to him. I appreciate that this tyrant, this hard nosed guy is still self-aware and realizes, yeah, I need to apologize. I'm not right all the time. I pushed too hard. I was motivated by the wrong factor. And, and then other things, I think his gambling issues might, he might be a little, a little gray there. I don't, I don't think he really has very great self-awareness in that area, but the rest of it, it seems like he's fairly self-aware and he's saying, this is me. This is how I act. It ain't perfect. But if you don't want to do it that way, then don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard to argue with the man that produces results. And he made it the final six times and won six times. He was the final MVP six times. Uh, he was on top of the world for a long time, and everybody kept writing him out, and he kept finding a way to win, and he was darn it, he was the main man to do it every single time. I mean, sure, Kerr hits a shot there, and Purdue hits a shot there, but he's the man scoring 30-plus points a game, making that pass to those guys, or, or getting that rebound, getting that steal, um, then making the basket. And, and then the last shot of his of his career in a Bulls uniform, he's nailing the shot to win the series, the, win that six, sixth six championship. I just the results speak for themselves. I like Jordan. I probably like him more now. Even I liked hearing the explanations behind some of the negative and positive, And I liked the trash talk and people are ripping on him today about the trash talk to Larry. But I, I it's hilarious. and it wasn't like Larry was mad at Larry was laughing at walking away from him. So I just, I, I don't know. I like him. He's a likable dude. And I, I, I still like him and it didn't really, it didn't sway anything. I probably like him more, but I already knew he was the best player ever. I still know this. Do I really think this is going to go change fifteen-year-old minds that Michael Jordan all of a sudden's the best player? No, because they probably didn't watch all ten hours. But I mean, ESPN's been making a lot of documentaries about these '90s things happening. Keep them coming. I love it. I just love it.
0: Yeah, um, I liked it. It was fine. I I tend to agree with Patrick Height on which one was better between the two that you were arguing. But and I liked
1: I liked Made in America. It just was it was terribly negative.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where we disagree. I for you for you, negative tone, not happy, positive tone all the time means it's not as <laughs> not as good. To me, I just like is it better at telling the story? Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. In my argument, did I ever say oh this is like a better well made show? I never said that. I said I liked it better. That was the was argument that Patrick
0: more. Hite was having. In his original tweet,
1: my original tweet back at him was I would argue in every way. He said it was better in every way. I think Last Dance was more entertaining. I don't know. It had, I mean, the music in it was great. Yeah. Um, Just like so many aspects. It was more, it was built for the watch party that we got every Sunday night. It was built for that. I would have hated to grind through OJ Simpson. Docuseries. I mean, they did that in one week or or was it two weeks, but it was like every night, like three or four nights in a row for whatever, how many time period it was. Man, that would have been a grind right now to to go through. I thought I like this more entertaining. I'm not saying it was a better, like Made in America won a uh, Emmy or a Oscar. They won an award for that creation.
0: This will probably win I, that too.
1: I... I I wouldn't argue that this deserves it more or the same as, and maybe it doesn't win. I would not argue that, but I like it more. I will watch this again. I don't know if I'll ever go back to OJ made in America.
0: I said it. I said it last week. I'm not going to watch this again. I mean, I've seen it. It's fine. I liked it. And you
1: watched eight of the 10 episodes twice. So
0: yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched any of them twice and I, I probably won't. I've seen them. I, Again, I was a young kid when all this happened, the 98 stuff. Um, So I don't, you know, I wasn't as plugged in as I am now to sports. So I I remember watching Jordan make the shot live. I also remember him missing that shot against the Pacers uh, live. Because I remember as a kid thinking the same thing Larry Bird's facial reaction said when Reggie Miller hit that shot. Like, well, they got Michael Jordan and there's time on that clock. And I remember sitting there going, Jordan's going to get this. Jordan's going to make it. Jordan's going to win. And he missed. And it was surprising. Uh, But then they went out, won the next game, knocked out the Pacers, moved on. That same same
1: mindset, though, is what the credit I used to give. I gave Kobe at one point. When they were playing in the finals against the Celtics, we were in a casino watching – uh, we were staying at a casino resort and I bet on the Lakers. I'm not a Laker fan. I wasn't a Kobe guy. I bet on the Lakers and I was like, Kobe's not going to let him use. Cause I grew up watching Jordan. Like, well, Jordan just didn't let him lose. Kobe's going to do that. This is the Kobe Bryant. And then the, and then Kevin Garnett's grabbing the ball saying, um,
0: anything, is anything possible.
1: possible or whatever he said. And, and it's just like, that's what sets Jordan apart for me. I'm not getting into who's the best all the time. I already stated what I think, but he just, the results speak for themselves. As much of a tyrant as everything negative, the results were there. You can't argue with the results, and nobody else on that on that list that you talk about playing basketball since 1980 has an argument there. Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and, and other guys, it gets older to even have a chance to argue in that. None of these current guys that anybody ever argues can say that. They all went to the finals and failed.
0: Yeah. I To go back to the original one of the original things you brought up with your debate with Patrick height. Um, and this will get riverheads people to hate me, I guess. Um, but I That's do think, <laughs> I do think Patrick was right in the sense that I think it, I think if you're comparing the two and you ask me which one's better, I'm going to say made in America. And it's, it's because OJ Simpson didn't make that the That's LA awesome. prosecutors didn't make that. So to me, I feel like you're getting, more of the truth than you do here um i think i think you get a lot of truth in the jordan documentary look there's a camera following they him around
1: they do hit on his negative things
0: they touch on him um i don't think they dig in i don't think they actually go in and look at him um I, i'm like I'm you it doesn't change my opinion of michael jordan him. It, it do, it's not gonna make me hate michael jordan he's still my favorite basketball player ever uh, I agree with you. I think he's the greatest player ever. LeBron's not going to change my mind on that. Um, but look, if, if you want me to be honest, it, when Michael Jordan has the final say on what gets released, I know the director said that he didn't ask him to cut anything, but the question is raised. Well, did the director not put stuff in? Cause he knew if he asked it would get cut. Like when Michael Jordan has the final say on what gets out and what doesn't. There's always going to be that question of, well, did we do the best form of "quote unquote" journalism here? Probably not. So to me, yeah, okay. I, for that reason I I do like Made in America Better. I think that's a captivating story. It's not a happy story, you're right, but it's captivating.
1: 100% captivating. I've always been captivated by ever since I saw that white Bronco going down that interstate, yeah. I've been captivated by that story. And I th- and I so often I I've said on this podcast that that's time of our life changed media it changed not sports media media i mm-hmm. mean the bottom line with the scrolling and and um you know five different cameras over them them showing the trial live on espn uh the bottom line scrolling as actually 911 but still like that that time changed us and so i'm always captivated by that the um 30 for 30 of june 17 2000 um or 1994 that's like my favorite normal 30 for 30, like hour long 30 for 30, where they just show the day's events in a 30 for 30. That was the OJ chase. And then I, I, I am so captivated by that. I went into that made in America, knowing a lot of what happened. I found out a lot more. I was captivated by it when I watched it. I guess I'm not arguing which one is the better, you know, case of journalism. I think it's obvious. I'm not arguing that. Which one's maybe better even made you know maybe that one is made with a better like this is a doc you know that was that linear format that you guys like so much yeah they jumped to rodney keen and they jumped to other things um in the oj one but still like there was it, it unrolled the oj story pretty linearly so i i get that that have been steadfast that i was more entertained by this and i will go back and like it I'll go back and watch it again. <laughs> and I won't the OJ. I, maybe one day I show my kids the OJ, but I know I'll show them the, the Michael Jordan stuff someday just so they have an understanding of my childhood and liking sports. So. All right. All right.
0: Well, let's bring on Micah from fifth quarter ACC and talk to him about some ACC football stuff. Okay, we have Micah of Fifth Quarter ACC Twitter on with us now for the Yak Sports Podcast, and uh, Micah, thanks for joining us. And let's just start it out. I mean, Fifth Quarter ACC, who is your ACC team?
2: So I'm a Wake Forest fan. I live down here in Winston Salem now. You know, I've always joked that they're the the smallest. They they are the smallest FBS team. You can you go back and forth with Rice, so the fan base isn't isn't large, but it's strong. So and, you know, it's, it's always fun when I, I say I'm a Wake Forest fan and people go, wait, where's Wake Forest or who's Wake Forest <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that's kind of where my allegiance kind of lies there.
1: All right. So you're you can go anywhere on an ACC Saturday for a football game. Which stadium are you traveling to for atmosphere? Solid games everywhere. Everybody has a solid game.
2: Where are you going? See, the the common answer would probably be Clemson. You know, obviously the atmosphere at Clemson Memorial Stadium is phenomenal. Um, if, you know, if you said, you know, like you said, it's, you know, a big game set up. I'd actually choose Florida State. I got to go to Florida State-Clemson, I think it was three or four years ago now. It was the, the first year of the Clemson national title w- victory. Uh, Florida State was top, I think 12th and Clemson was number three. It was the same year that they beat Lamar Jackson's Louisville team. And so Dope Campbell was actually sold out. And just that atmosphere for a Saturday night prime game, honestly, top Clemson Clemson fans are probably going to come after me for saying that, but <laughs> that atmosphere was just something that, and I'll never forget, you know, the, the seminal chop, the, the, you know, the Osceola and renegade, you know, with the spirit midfield, just my first time there. Absolute chills. I have gone back since, and it was a game against wake where there was maybe 35,000 for a three thirty kickoff game. But <laughs> it was, obviously the atmosphere was a little bit more, solemn for that type of event but when it's rocking and when florida state's you know nationally relevant i don't think there's a better place to go in the acc
1: so you already touched on ruffling up some feathers here with some of your answers uh you know if you took a shot at every single acc team during this podcast which fan base would react the hardest at you which one's the most sensitive would get their feelings hurt the easiest and 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 fire back at you
2: yeah, so I know on my Twitter page, Virginia Tech fans either love or hate me, depending on what my tweet is. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very high on on Virginia Tech this season, including Hendon Hooker and everything going on with you know the, the recent <laughs> commitment then decommitment <laughs> with you know uh, the whole Auburn thing. I've actually gotten a lot of hate from Auburn fans for my comment about how I think Hendon Hooker is better than Bo Nix. Um, so it depends on what I say. I actually have kind of picked up on a little bit of, uh, I would say, butthurt from North Carolina fans Mm. um, for for a football team that really hasn't accomplished much in in five years (laughs) since that last run with, you know, Larry Fedora the year that they weren't offsides on that onside kick against Clemson. Um, You know, that fan base is, it it honestly frustrates me because they had a terrible year in basketball. So now they're like, oh, we're a football school. It's like, (laughs) No, you're not. <laughs> so they, they're, they're probably the one that I get the, the most consistent complaints about because if I don't – like I don't have them winning the Coastal this year, spoiler alert for those that don't follow me, they, they, they're they all over me because, you know, Sam Howell's supposed to be the best quarterback in college football. If, if I would have known better, Sam Howell never lost a game in his career at this point. But that would probably be the one that I'd take a shot at and probably get the most butt hurt from. Um, Virginia Tech's a close second, but, you know <laughs> – you can say almost the same thing about Virginia fans. If you if you make a comment about how, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is, is not as great as everyone says, or if you bring up the fact that Virginia, you know, lost 15 straight to Virginia Tech that, oh, well, we won this past year. Yeah, you're still 1-15. So, you know, there's uh, every fan base gets a little butthurt, but I think North Carolina is the most consistent where they're at least butthurt with me. And for me, it makes no sense because they're not a football school yet. And, you know, they had a down year in basketball. You can't pretend like they didn't. <laughs>
0: yeah okay so i know we talked about virginia tech twitter there and i i love your answer with north carolina there um but when it comes to virginia tech twitter uh they've been let's say active uh <laughs> the past few weeks really the last few months fuente uh,
1: inspired us you know fuente, fuente started it yeah we had the whole <laughs> fuente
0: is he going is he not that kind of drew some battle lines uh, then we had the, as you mentioned, Demetrius Davis decommitting, everybody getting ruffled up about that. Then he commits to Auburn. His comments about going to Auburn, why he chose Auburn, created another firestorm that I think somewhat united Virginia Tech Twitter a little more <laughs> at the end. So maybe that'll be the thing that inspires us all to come together is Demetrius Davis saying Auburn's better academically than Virginia Tech. <laughs> but, uh What are your reactions as a not necessarily a Virginia Tech fan? And I know you, especially on your page, I think you do a great job of hiding any biases and just putting what your opinion is on how you see it. Um, As a neutral, how do you see Virginia Tech Twitter? And I mean, do you just open up Twitter some days and go, oh, my gosh, not again?
2: Yeah, so I'm from Roanoke, Virginia, originally, obviously, 35 minutes from Blacksburg, so kind of grown up a little bit around virginia tech twitter um virginia (laughs) tech fans in general and honestly i love virginia tech twitter um there obviously are days where it's just like especially if i say something negative about virginia tech you know (laughs) obviously i don't know if you guys saw my my quote tweet someone tweeted out what school is this where the girl shoots a ball behind her back thinks she made it and hits her in the head (laughs) and i go virginia tech football fans with recruiting Yes. And, you know, I said I'm kidding in the joke just to Fair cover so they don't get Fair yelled shot. at. And I still got, still got yelled at. Um, you know, so those are those are days where it's a little bit tough and and stuff like that. But honestly, I, I love the the fire. Obviously, there are some fans that you know the ones that are actually tweeting at you know, D, you know Demetrius for what he what he what he did and what he said. You know, I, I made a comment. I quoted. I took a quote from his article or the twenty four seven Auburn article about you know the whole academic and and all that stuff and. That rubbed me the wrong way, but he's an 18 year old kid or 17 mm-hmm. year old. I don't know exactly how old he is, but you know he's he's 18 years old. And I can remember myself when I was that age, tweeting some or saying some stuff because that's what I heard from someone else. So I just assumed it's true and and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, it's definitely a passionate thing. I, I it's honestly kind of re- refreshing to see the honesty come out from people. I know some fan bases like to you know just believe in everything. You know, there's obviously Virginia Tech fans that they could do like Fuente could do nothing wrong or all Fuente does is wrong. Yeah. Um, But you know, overall Virginia tech Twitter is definitely makes it more fun because, you know, if you say the right thing, you get 500 likes (laughs) and a lot of people loving you. And if you say the wrong thing, you know, I I do know that if I ever am just in the mood to get in an argument, all I got to do is tweet why UNC is going to win the coastal this year, or why my actually probably better tweet why Miami is going to win the coastal this year. And, you know, I'll, I'll have a whole day of bickering and it'll be great. So, you know, overall, the passion, the the passion of it all is pretty great. And obviously the back and forth with them and Virginia fans about 15 and one and national championships, 27 to zero. And, you know, the Virginia guy holding the cup after they won, you know, but then it's also, uh, you know, Bryce Perkins getting stood over top. I think Dax Holyfield, I'm not sure exactly who that was standing over, you know, Bryce Perkins. I've seen that tweet, you know, 40,000 times. Can't remember who it is, but. You know, it's always fun just to kind of see that back and forth banter. But overall, I, I, I genuinely enjoy their Twitter more than more than some fan bases. Not to throw Florida State under the bus, but you would think Florida State's back already. And they went six and seven last year, I believe, and <laughs> yeah. lost in the Sun Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
0: So you mentioned Fuente and Leland. And I, I apologize to UVA fans again because they're going to get upset because we're leaning tech again here. But um. <laughs> With Fuente, I mean, what do you make of Fuente? Uh, i got to be honest. I, I've i con- started to slowly convert Leland to he's not great, and I, I almost view our wins in spite of him, not because of him. Um, as a Again, as an outsider, am I wrong? Do you think Fuente has the program training in the right direction, or do you think it's make or break this year for him?
2: I wouldn't say it's make or break this year just because, you know, he has done what I would say to be, you know, pretty decent job not to insult Virginia tech, but it's not like, you know, you're competing for national titles every year. You know, you should be winning the coastal more often if you ask me, but of course you look back at the last few years of of the, of the Beamer era really wasn't much better. I mean, they, they dominated the state, but you have to look at how bad Virginia was. I mean, Mm -hmm. not to Mike London's a great guy as a human being, but you know, he's a cop. He was coaching a division one FBS power five team. Um, he's struggling at William and Mary right now. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't say they're trending in the right direction, wrong direction. You know, obviously Beamer's last year was at seven and six. I think it was. It ended with the Independence Bowl against Tulsa. Yeah. So, I mean, it's she not knows. like, you know, Beamer necessarily left, you know, at the high peak of, you know, 10 and two, nine and three. Um, I think that the recruiting scare is a little little worrying. Obviously North Carolina's creeping in right now with the state and you know, Virginia's kinda getting some traction and, and of course the whole Texas to, to V T thing really hasn't been working out as well as it once looked. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I still think Fuentes, you know, needs at least a year or two um to kind of see where they're at. It's one of those things I do think that if, you know, this year they go out and not say tank the season but if you know they finish third in the coastal again or if they lose to virginia i think that's where you know fuente might be gone because of you know the one thing that's always stood out with me was you know the whole baylor situation that necessarily didn't rub me the wrong way but then it was the comments afterwards about well if you're not with us you're against us but yeah it sure seemed like of course there's no confirmation of it but it sure seemed like he was almost out the door to go to Baylor. So mm-hmm. if the kids can't do the same thing, why can you? So who and knows? Those,
1: and those comments only came when there was transfers mm-hmm. right after he came back from Baylor, there was no comments out of him. He had the AD playing the role of communicator, which mm-hmm.
2: was infantile. Yeah, exactly. So that was the part where, you know, that, that, that mixed with, like I said, a loss of Virginia or, you know, another seven and five, eight and four season where, you know, the coastal is better than what it has been, but, I mean, it's not like whoever wins the Coastal this year is contending for a college football playoff spot, and they'll probably be kind of where Virginia was last year, top 20, top 15 if we're lucky, you know, battling it out in the Orange Bowl for, you know, just to show that they can compete with the top teams of the SEC, so.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) I I guess one, uh, I'm going to step on Leland here a little bit, but I think that's where my problem with Fuente is, is because he's not doing better than Beamer at the end, and I kind of figured the program would be trending up by now and the other thing that's rubbed me the wrong way and Leland knows this and I've preached it when he transferred in I have not bought into the Ryan. I never did buy into Ryan Willis being some good quarterback and at the beginning of the year when he said we're going to start Ryan Willis over Hendon Hooker and Quincy Patterson I was like look I don't know who's better between Hendon Hooker and Quincy Patterson but I know they're both better than Ryan Willis and I don't understand this so uh again just uh, a. <laughs> That's where I'm anti fuente and I think I think if you don't start Ryan Willis at the beginning of the year, I think you either beat Boston College or Duke, and I think you win the Coastal then.
2: Yeah, I, I would I would agree there. I think the what stood out the most is I go to the Virginia Virginia Tech game every year. Being from Roanoke, you know, mm-hmm. I'm home for Thanksgiving, so it just makes sense to go check out that rivalry game every year. And you know that Virginia Virginia Tech game, you know, two years ago in Blacksburg, it you know, really stood out because. Everyone goes, oh, Virginia Tech won the game. Well, Ryan Willis tried to lose that game numerous
0: times. Yes, he did.
2: I mean, that that yes, obviously, you know, Dalton Key made a play over Bryce Hall, but that play broke down. I mean, there's nothing Virginia secondary could have done there. I mean, that was just a great play late in the game. But, I mean, think about it. If Ryan Willis doesn't make that tackle against Virginia at the end of the half on that pick, you know, that's 14-7 now instead of 14-0. There is no overtime if, you know, but if Willis doesn't miss a wide open Trey Turner twice breaking towards the end zone in the third quarter, you know, Virginia never gets back into that game. It, it, I mean, I'm not trying to bash Kansas, but if you bring a kid in from Kansas, he's probably not that great.
0: Yes, I mean, there's not Preach. many kids
2: that go to Kansas and transfer out, transfer out, excuse me, to become a superstar. If they, if they're that good at Kansas, they not to bash Virginia tech, but you know, they're probably going to try to hype themselves up to land at a, an SEC school like LSU or Alabama because if you succeed at Kansas, you, you know, you're, you're doing a, a miracle job. So, you know, that I, – I can agree with that, especially with, you know, if you – just the tools. I mean, even if Henny Hooker maybe is not experienced enough to start over Ryan Willis, you can do so much more with him. And it's not like that Boston College team was, you know, some juggernaut where you don't want to throw him out there in a tough situation. I mean, Chestnut Hill is by no means a, cake, a cakewalk, but it's not like – Chestnut Hill ranks as a place you don't want to go play, especially in early August or right. late or late August, excuse me. So I, I can definitely agree with that statement with why would you start Ryan Willis there? At least why would you stick with him after he, again, basically lost the Boston college game by yes. missing wide open receivers and throwing in a double coverage. And, you know, just really, again, he made plays, but every player makes some core, every quarterback makes some good play. I mean, they're, Grayson Lambert at Virginia was, you know, made some great plays. David Watford did too. It's not like that those guys were any, anything special though.
1: Right. Yeah. And then play them hurt against Duke. Um, so when you're or not whenever. trying to rile everybody up, uh, when you're not just, you know, on a mission to uh, have a hate filled day on Twitter, uh, what are your favorites in the ACC this year? You know, a little of you into uh, what you're putting out on your Twitter feed. And then also maybe like a dark horse, like, yeah, you didn't pick them to win the ACC, but who do you think might have a kind of out of nowhere shot to come in and um, at least make it to Charlotte?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I am high on Virginia Tech this year. I think what they're returning um, all around is, is honestly, um, you know, enough to win the Coastal. I'm still not completely bought in with UNC. I know they had and you know, they showed a lot of great signs. Obviously, ending the bowl game with a big win over Temple, but let's not pretend like Temple was some juggernaut team or anything like that. I mean, we've seen. Temple's success in bowl games really hasn't been that great either over the last few years. So it's not like Temple was some, you know, giant victory for UNC. Um, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker. I think in that Virginia game, obviously technically he lost the game with the fumble in the end zone, but it wasn't like his offensive line was giving him any chance to, yeah. to really make a play there. Yeah. Um. You know, he obviously turned the ball over, had that one kind of interception, you know, late in the game that set up the field goal, but Again, it wasn't like he, he, he never lost a game for Virginia Tech. He, he wasn't by any means, you know, some like Sam Howell will win you a football game. Hennon Hooker keeps you in the game. And I honestly would take that over someone that, you know, can necessarily be clutch in the fourth quarter, but in the first through third quarters might throw two or three picks. I mean, I love the ball control that he had. I also just love, you know, I think the players of Virginia Tech, have a chip on their shoulder. I think it's the one thing playing into all this Fuente stuff and all this Twitter stuff is these players. I mean, if you saw Trey Turner's tweet, I believe it was yesterday, he was like, wait, what happened on Hokie Twitter? Or what's going on Hokey Nation or something, something like that? You know, these guys are taking it as you know, these fans don't think that Fuente and us can win, which I don't think that's what the fans are saying, but that's just kind of what's coming out. So I think that's going to, you know, where there's all this hype behind UNC, there's a chip on Virginia Tech's shoulder and you can't sleep on the talent in Virginia Tech. It's not like they're recruiting two stars. They're still bringing in three- and four-star kids. Um, so I, I, I'm high on them winning. I think they win the Coastal. I think they actually go to Keenan Stadium and, and win that matchup and win the de facto Coastal Championship game. Um, I'm very high on Louisville. I think what – I mean, everyone goes, oh, but they were so bad two years ago. That team wasn't a terrible team. They just completely quit. I mean, you can even see it during the Lamar Jackson era. I mean, that team was – Phenomenal when they had the belief system. I mean, they were uh, a yard away. If the marker, I still believe, if the marker was present on the on the on the field, that you know, Quick would have gotten the first down in that Clemson game. You know, that Louisville team was a very talented team, but you know, they kind of quit when you know things kind of that Houston punched them in the mouth and they kind of folded from there. And you could kind of see it just in the whole Patrino era of if, if a team punched Louisville in the mouth, they kind of. You know, that year that Virginia almost knocked them off at home, that was not a very good Virginia team by any means. But, you know, they, they punched Louisville in the mouth. Just talent won that game. So, you know, it's one of those things where I like where, you know, the talent is at with Louisville. I'm a huge fan of Tutu Atwell and Malik Cunningham. So I think they have a, a really good shot of, again, not dethroning Clemson in the Atlantic. But, you know, I think that they do beat Virginia Tech in in Louisville. And I think that, you know, they're going to, Six and two, seven and one, the conference is not completely out of the picture um, for a team like them. Uh, I'm going to be high on Wake. I I just believe in Coach Clawson. It's not even so much really the pieces they have. Of course, you know, they have some good receivers and and with Carlos Basham coming back on the defensive front, that's going to help them. But for whatever reason, Dave Clawson could probably have a team of two stars and still find a way to go six and six or seven and five. So I think you know Wake's getting a lot of you know I've seen a lot of four and eights from a lot of people, and I, I just don't see that happening. It's not like their schedule is daunting. I mean, their toughest I, know, I guess App State at home might be the toughest non-conference game, but after that it's they're they're going to Old Dominion. I mean, and they host Notre Dame and Charlotte. So that shouldn't be hard. No, yet. there's there, there's there's some there's some yeah there's some scares there of course, but. <laughs> You know, it's not like this. This Wake Forest team is, you know, not like they're going to Notre Dame. It's not like, you know, they're 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 lining up and playing, you know, uh, three or four Power Five teams or anything like that's not the same easy schedule they had last year with, you know, the big road trip at Rice. But, um, mm. you know, I'm I'm high on them. And I guess on the but coastal Wake, side, Wake
1: cycles up every couple like four or five years, it seems like they kind of have that
2: pattern to them. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and. I, I – I know this is the, as you, you said, you've been, Virginia fans are coming at you. I do think Virginia is not taking as big of a step back as everyone kind of said they are. No, no. Um, you know, obviously losing Bryce Perkins is huge. I mean, that's, you know, and a phenomenal talent. He definitely won. I mean, that North Carolina game last year, he won that one. He, I wouldn't say he won the uh, game against Tech, but he definitely <sighs> broke the the, the, the persona of Virginia Tech jumping out early and then Virginia has to try to rally to find a way to win that game. Um so I'll definitely you know, of course give him credit <laughs> where credit is due. But you know, if you look at, if you look at the Virginia team from last year, if that defense stays healthy, I think that they got ten they get ten wins. I mean, that you could just see that you know that depleted secondary just got, you know, roasted against Florida. They if the, oh, if the last running year. back got okay. to the second level, it was over. I mean I've
1: never
0: I thought seen there was P running D B U though.
1: I mean, I, I know they got some injuries, but I mean, if you're a DBU, aren't you, uh, aren't you still playing a little bit of defensive back defense there? So,
2: yeah, I don't know if I've, I've never <laughs> seen a Virginia fan say DBU, but if they are, they're <laughs> wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we. we, we uh, I mean, that, I <laughs> yeah, no, no offense to to Tim Harris or you know, uh, 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 excuse me, Quinn Blanding, but you know. Quinn Blanding was a phenomenal college player, but he's a reason he's sitting on the practice squad at Carolina. It's not like he's, you know, some top-notch, you know. Virginia Tech, I would say is better DBU than Virginia, which will tick off Virginia fans when they hear this. But, you know, it is what it is. But I, I do think Virginia is at least going back to a bowl game. I don't know. Contending for the Coastal is realistic. Like some Virginia fans think that, you know, they're going to be back in Charlotte this year. But, you know, I do think that they could beat Virginia tech. I think they could, I think they will beat UNC at home. I think that the, there, there's going to be games where, you know, Virginia's going to be kind of doubted. I think they could beat Louisville at home as well, but you know, it's one of those things where they're, they're not going to be a, a five and seven or four and eight, like some Virginia tech fans are, are saying or hoping they will, Hope. because Bryce Perkins is gone. Cause <laughs> you know, as long as the defense stays healthy, their defense is going to be much better than last year. And, Brennan Armstrong has the potential, and obviously now the transfer of Keaton Thompson. I got to see him play against Louisville in Lamar Jackson's last college game when he started it for Mississippi State in the Gator Bowl. And Again, he didn't look phenomenal by any means, but it's not like you know they're taking a huge step back and starting you know just a, a trash can just waiting to get hit you know behind behind center. So, <laughs>
0: well, Micah. Our usual question for people, we'll go ahead and ask this one too, uh, and then I'll get to the other point I was going to make. But with quarantine going on, obviously no sports. So, what are you binging and what are you watching when you're not trying to rile up ACC fan bases on Twitter?
2: Yeah. So, uh, college football, I hate to say, is kind of my life. I've I've been (laughs) to 37 stadiums for games and I've been to over 50 just for, you know, just visiting an empty stadium. So, I, I really just enjoy that. of my life i'm still fairly young i'm only 23 so i just like to say i'm still college aged enough to where i don't feel super weird you know constantly thinking about college football trips you know stuff like that so right now i'm actually binging all of the uh espn uh, plus college football 150 series Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. made with all the you know top rivalries and right now i'm watching the episode on the segregation or the integration excuse me of college football and you know all the different you know storylines with the Wyoming 14 and and everything like that. Uh, I went through a phase where I tried to binge watch as many Netflix original series as possible, but they only have one season of which, and, and I realized that if there's eight episodes that are 30 minutes long, I'm finishing that in half a day. So, <laughs> kind of ran out of shows eventually, unless I wanted to watch Married at First Sight or um, whatever that <laughs> Love Lost Island show is. Yeah, um, so I kind of decided to stick away from that and. and kind of get back into the football mantra. I did watch uh, every uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest game in the beginning of quarantine because of all that ESPN run. I did all the games. Um, I made sure to record all the ones where Virginia Tech, Virginia, Wake Forest. Also, you know, watched the Clemson games and stuff like that. But especially it was fun to kind of live tweet those Virginia and Virginia Tech games because the fan base is always where, you know, if I made a comment, I made a comment about, oh, if Ryan Willis doesn't – Make this play against you know Boston College in the third quarter where he misses a wide open Trey Turner. They don't lose this football game and you know you get sixty likes and twenty retweets. Like if I had tweeted that back in August, um, oh, so that yeah. was kind of what I've been binging. <laughs> but you know it's we're we're starting to run out of stuff, so I'm a little concerned. Hopefully Major League Baseball will start start up here in a month or so, so I can you know watch my beloved Baltimore Orioles go zero and Yes.
0: That was going to be the other comment. Our, our listeners can't see it, but I see the Ravens and the Orioles, Maryland state flag. I'm there with you on both of them. Uh, I know you tweeted that, uh, earlier with the Orioles gif and said, reply with a gif on your favorite team. And when I saw the Orioles, I was like, Oh man, this guy is awesome. Like, (laughs) all right. He's a big (laughs) ACC guy. He likes the Orioles. What else could we want? Uh, but, um, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, being on Netflix and being a huge college football guy and being a Wake Forest guy, but uh, two quarterbacks on the first two seasons of beyond QB one, which one of those guys do you think starts for Wake Forest?
2: Sam Hartman.
0: Yeah, sure. I would agree.
2: Um, I mean, I, I personally, and this is, I could be a hot take, I guess it's, but it, Definitely is a hot take for SEC Twitter. I do love rallying up Georgia fans with this comment a lot. I think Sam Bartman is better than Jamie Newman personally. Um, <laughs> kind of the same way I believe Hendon Hooker is, I don't know if I'd say better than Sam Howell, but, you know, at least at an even playing field, um, I'll take the quarterback that's not going to you know make as many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Newman loved to, to throw the ball around the field. And, and one thing that, you know, people don't really realize with Jamie Newman, look at his stats against, you know, talented defenses it wasn't like you know he was some showstopper yeah he put up great numbers against rice and elon but i I would like to think that many division one power five quarterbacks even ryan willis in his kansas glory days probably could you know put up some of the numbers that jamie newman put up i personally thought sam hartman was a better quarterback i felt more comfortable at least with sam hartman at quarterback so I think that's why, part of the reason I think Wake's you know in good hands moving forward, or at least make a bowl game. Because it's not like, you know, losing Jamie Newman was the end of the world or anything like that. In my opinion, at least for Wake Forest. But of course, you know, according to ESPN, Jamie Newman's a top five quarterback all of a sudden because he's wearing a Georgia uniform instead of a Wake one. Because you know, SEC bias does not exist. I don't know why I'd ever think that's a thing. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks Micah for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I enjoy the Twitter content and uh, I'm going to get Leland on it so he can see it too. Uh, it's good stuff. And even, yeah, I, Leland has been seeing it cause I've been retweeting it. Um, but uh, I do appreciate you coming on with us here and talking to us. Uh, and even if you get Virginia tech fans riled up, uh, we appreciate it because uh, I'll admit even I did partake in some of it <laughs> this week. Uh, uh but yeah, it's it's always uh, a fun place and, and your tweets make me laugh usually more than not, especially the VT recruits uh with the girl shooting the basketball. When I saw that one I was like, all right, that's funny and true. But
2: <laughs> yeah, fair play, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I might have to right after this just tweet that Virginia's gonna win the, the Commonwealth Cup for the next fourteen straight years just to really get Virginia Tech Twitter going. Oh that would
0: that I might, might, give, that might get that might get Leland problem. and I on it too. Yeah, we might have something to say about that. <laughs>
2: The, the thing I'm, is, I'm probably, i tweet that and just at you guys just to let you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw you guys under the bus. Talking to Virginia Tech fans, the way they're telling me, it sounds like Virginia's going to win the Commonwealth Cup. And it's going to be 15 straight for them. And The next thing I know, I, I might lose half my followers, but then again, any Virginia fan that sees that will probably follow me in like every one of my tweets. So I guess I can almost could be trading off a, a plus for a minus. But, yeah, I don't actually think that. So anyone that thinks I'm being serious, I hope they know I'm totally, so <laughs> but... There's a reason why Virginia Tech winning the Coastal. That they have to beat Virginia to do so. But right. Might just tweet that just to you know rile up the fan base or maybe maybe I'll tweet that Bronco Mendenhall is better than Frank Beamer just to really, oh that would know, definitely
0: yeah I would the, say get the
2: people going. I'll edit, edit out the part something again
1: without Virginia tech fans coming after. I mean, you'll, you'll talk about wake forest playing UNC and you'll have Virginia tech fans killing you. If you say something like that,
2: yeah, I, I could I could say Virginia tech's winning the national title this year. And they'll probably still quote that tweet and say, what, how is Bronco Hall better than Frank Beamer?
0: So i going to say, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll edit out the part where you said you were from. Cause I, if you put that out there, I have Virginia tech fans will come looking for you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again for joining us, Micah. And, uh, Best of luck, and let's hope we have a college football season.
2: Yes, let's, let's do so.
0: Again, thanks to Micah from 5th Quarter ACC for talking to us. And, again, you can find 5th Quarter ACC at FQACC on Twitter. That's at FQACC. Do follow him. It's a great follow.
1: Yeah, and we'll be we'll try to retweet him even more so this week, um, and and he'll be tagged in our post. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a good follow. Um, a lot of good stuff out there, and and he kind of sails across the whole ACC, putting out you know good points or even funny content for all the schools in the ACC. So it's cool.
0: All right, Leland, let's get into the D block here. I'll go ahead and let you kick it off.
1: So what's dominating my life? we've been on a kick of showing, uh, the kids movies that we liked when we were young and heck probably half of everyone. You probably hear me say is like, wow, you let them watch that this early. Uh, we, we did the entire Jurassic park series, um, and, and went linearly linearly through it. And, uh, luckily without too much coaching, they, they realized that first Jurassic park is the best movie. Um, Jurassic world got them excited, but they know Jurassic park is the best movie. Um, and they also didn't like the newest one, the Jurassic World Fallen mm-hmm. Kingdom, which is an absolute terrible movie. But over the weekend, we watched Jaws. And um, after Jurassic Parks, we felt they were ready for it. And uh, it seems like it, it's gone over okay. And But just watching that movie, I probably haven't sat down and watched Jaws in a while now. I mean, it's on TV, and we'll have it on for a scene or two and then move on or something. And, and probably not even so much in the last five, seven years. But um, we sat watched it as a family and uh you know movies have come a long way but there's still those Spielberg moments and it's just a solid movie and I recommend if you haven't watched it in a while go back and watch I know a lot of our listeners are older than us and they probably went to the movie theaters and watched that movie uh so they probably know it better than than you or I do but it's it's a solid entertaining watch to see what movies were and 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 some of the groundwork it laid down for movies you know it's Spielberg and you can see things that Jurassic Park came from Jaws and and the music and the, and the special effects. So it's, it's, um, it's a good watch. And then just kind of analyzing the movie. And, and it's just, I, I mean, it's just ridiculous storyline that like in this movie, uh, you know, there's a shark attack. I mean, there, there people are dying and he's on the beaches and, and they're finding dead bodies up in the, up in the sand. And, and, they're just the mayor of the town is just so stupid. He just like has to keep the town open. It's Fourth of July weekend. We got to get the money for the town. got to have the town. open. And it's just so stupid how that goes. And, I mean, they end up killing the shark in the end. But it's just the beginning of that movie is ridiculous that like there's any contrary opinion to like, you know, protect people. So what is dominating your life, Joe?
0: Okay. Uh, well, what's dominating my life is I guess the thing that you mentioned was ridiculous. A fraud and Mark Teixeira. Uh, Mark Teixeira coming out last week. A fraud coming out over the weekend uh, saying that they think players should take a pay cut and uh, play this baseball season and not fight owners on the on the financial side of things, Uh, which is rich coming from two of the highest paid people in their day in baseball. Uh, they played for the New York Yankees. They both signed big deals where they could get the most money. Uh, Mark Teixeira didn't sign with his hometown Orioles, uh, because while well, the Yankees offered him more money. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, now all of a sudden that it's not his money that's being involved, that he can get to a place where the players should just do what's best for the game, uh, and, and take a pay cut, uh, And then Alex Rodriguez, obviously, all the nonsense that he had. He was the highest paid baseball player uh, at the time uh, in the history. I think he had the highest paid contract in the history of sports at the time, uh, at least in American sports. Yeah, at least in American sports. Yeah, Mike Trout's topped him since. um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, 15 years later.
0: Yeah, so him coming out and saying the players just need to agree to this owners offer and just we just need to get baseball back it's hilarious to see these two clown players take this stance and just what is an absolutely disgusting take in my opinion look some of the players don't word their arguments the best but I am not going to look at a player and say, yeah, you should risk the rest of your career with potential lung damage that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life if you get this. Or, you know, a loved one of yours may, and you may have it, you may not have symptoms. Uh, Your loved ones may die, but you should go out there and play for my entertainment. Or, heck, uh, maybe some players have underlying health conditions, and maybe they get sick, and maybe they die. And that's my question to all the people who are like, we need baseball, they need to suck it up, and we need sports. What happens? If one of these athletes dies, what happens? That's my question to you. I know it's not a high percentage, but let's play it. It's a pandemic. It's something we don't need during the pandemic. We, 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 we might really want it, but we don't need it. And what happens if a player who maybe has diabetes or maybe has a lung condition or maybe has some other underlying medical condition that we don't know about. Trey Mancini didn't know he had colon cancer until this off season. What if there's a player that doesn't know they have that and they're playing and they get this and they die? How do you feel about that? Are you going to be, well, oh, well, at least I got to watch baseball. Cause if you can sleep like that, man, cold blooded is all I have to say to you. I, we, I said this last week, it's we versus me. And for a lot of these people that are taking the me approach, I just think they haven't been impacted by this. Uh, and so for them, it's not real. Uh, some of us have the ability to see beyond ourselves. And I guess I'm one of those people. I, I wouldn't want to expose anyone to the coronavirus, whether I thought they were going to be fine from it or not. I I wouldn't want to take that chance of potentially knowing I might have spread it to someone and they died because of it or got seriously ill because of it. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to see a player get rushed out there just for my entertainment and then watch them die because of something that could have been prevented if we just waited. And these guys,
1: I mean, that's the difference – you know, we talked about VHSL last week. I mean, those those are volunteer kids. So you could say, all right, well they're playing sports. If you think it's not safe, then don't put your kid in it. These guys have signed contracts that they're supposed to honor, and and I mean, it's it's a different whole ball game. So um, much less, you know, our thoughts on on the lower sports and you know the local sports. But yeah, I, I there's no argument coming from me on this. And I know your questions there were you know rhetorical, but yeah, I you you can't you can't expect these guys just to Risk everything, risk not only their health but their family's health, just so we can watch something on Sunday afternoon. So yeah, I mean, I found interesting, and and it was the great point you made up last week, um, that you made last week was you know wait till all this breaks apart because of the money. We're already seeing those arguments coming down. What did the owners put out that like if they if they did a proportional cut of the player salary, acknowledging that they won't have fans in the stand. The players would be getting eighty-six percent of the money. It, it ain't going to happen. Like we're, you know, it's not like eighty-five works. Eighty-six is, you know, thirty percent away from anything that could possibly work. So like, it's just, it's. I think uh, the more I see the argument online about pay in baseball, and I mean, I'm not going to tell right. a
0: player they should sacrifice their money for my entertainment. It's their money. I'm not going to tell yeah. them. Hey, yeah. Mark DeChera, I didn't want you to take the extra money to go play for the new york yankees but you did so you don't get to tell other players you should give up money just to play baseball
2: because you didn't want to give up money to play baseball
0: for your favorite childhood team you went to you went to our number one rival so who the hell are you and alex rodriguez you're a fraud you're a cheat why the hell do i care what you think about any of this you're an absolute monster in my opinion i think it's disgusting that espn trots him out on sunday night baseball i think that's disgusting and Major League Baseball should take a stand and say, we don't want him being represented. They sure took a stand on Pete Rose. Why can't we take a stand on Alex Rodriguez?
1: He, he wants his TV work. He's got a big wedding to pay for. So, oh, whatever. Uh, what do you know that I need to know?
0: Uh, Mac McClung's entering the transfer portal. Some UVA fans are like, oh, you'd be a great fit at UVA. Uh, no, he wouldn't. Nope. Look, I like yeah. Mac McClung. I don't want him to go to UVA because I don't want to see him play for UVA. But also, I don't think he fits UVA. Leland, you and I watched him in high school. We Watched him at Georgetown. I watched more Georgetown basketball because of him than I ever have in my life.
1: Most I've watched since Tyler Crawford play there.
0: He was not a great defender. So strike one, and you might as well put strike two in a Tony Bennett system because if you're not a good defender, there's no way you could see the floor. Yeah. And, He's just not that consistent from the field. And with the kind of offense they run, you kind of need to make shots when you get them.
1: And I haven't really seen patience out of this kid. Like no, I didn't see him he, wait for the he right He tries, shot. tries
0: to, to rush a lot. Yeah, he tries to rush a lot. And I'm sorry, that does not fly in a Tony Bennett system. I, I think this kid is a prototype of what Tony Bennett would never go for. I think if he is the poster child for anti-Tony Bennett system. So all these people that are like Tony Bennett's system works, and you just have to believe in it. Then don't tell me about Mac McClung because he's not it.
1: I doubt I doubt Tony Bennett's giving him much of a look. Oh to, my god, honest, no. like he's not. I think that's you're talking to fans right now. I don't think you're talking to what Tony Bennett's doing. I, I doubt he's giving him more than just a you know a look over and seeing what we're seeing. Uh, and then the same the same breath, Virginia Tech. Like it's not like I'm pushing for him at Virginia Tech mm-hmm. either. I mean, that was the first thing I saw when uh, Kabongo went down or got out. Hey, there's a scholarship spot for Mac McClellan. I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna root against Mac McClellan if he winds up at Virginia Tech, but like, I I'm not also like pushing everybody out of the way for him to get there. If if somehow he wound up fine, but I'm not really rooting for it either. You know, Tennessee's talking about it a lot. Maryland, apparently, okay, either one of those. I mean, Tennessee. I, I'm not a big Tennessee fan, but I, I want I want this kid to succeed. I
0: yeah, I, I want him to go somewhere was where pessimistic it fits.
1: About his upside when he was coming out of high school. I was at that game that Saturday night at Richmond and it was the coolest basketball atmosphere I've ever been around. And even after that, I was still like, I don't know what he's going to do there. And he immediately proved me wrong. So he has proved me wrong. So I wanted to keep it going. So go to Tennessee, go to Maryland. I don't care, but I honestly rather him not be involved in Virginia tech because I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, for some reason I don't.
0: He, he plays a lot like Landers Nolly to me, except he's not as good. And so, but that was our big knock on Landers Nolly at the end, right? Was that he wasn't a very efficient shooter. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to bring out Landers Nolly 0.5. Like, I don't know. But, uh,
1: yeah. You're not getting all those dunk opportunities in college like you were in high school.
0: No. So we'll we see saw where that. he goes.
1: Saw the we'll see where he yeah. goes.
0: Like you said, I just wanted to go somewhere where he's going to have success and is a good fit for him. So that's what he needs to do. Just go somewhere yes. that's a good fit for him and the rest will take care of itself in
1: the NBA. I want him to. I yeah, just that would just be cool.
0: That would be cool. But I just don't think I think you're right. But what do you know that we need to know, Leland?
1: I like that San Diego seems to be confident with Tyrod Taylor. And we've seen this before. We've seen Tyrod play the backup role at Baltimore. The coaches loved him there. They just had Joe Flacco, who took him to a Super Bowl at that time. So, like, it made sense that Tyrod didn't get a chance. Then he got to go to Buffalo. He had his opportunities there. Then they had coaching changes, and that's what kind of got him run out of there. But now I like that he's in San Diego, and they seem to be getting him a vote of confidence. They, they thought about Cam Newton, but they, they like what they have in Tyrod Taylor better. Now, it's a business, and there's financial obligations, I'm sure, there, and the commitment that you would need to make further with Cam Newton and all that, a lot plays into it. But I like that it seems like they're going into the season with some faith in Tyrod. This is probably Tyrod's last chance to kind of prove himself. If they can kind of whip off some wins this year under his, under him, under center, then maybe he gets a couple year run there. If he doesn't do that, you know, then he's going to get pushed right back out by the kid from Oregon. Like maybe, you know, maybe he gets two or three years, but he's not going to get five years anywhere. So I just I like that we might see Tyrod on TV, you know, showing the faith in and giving Virginia Tech a name that he's a good quarterback that came out of our system. you know, came out of our school and and there can be another one.
0: I don't know. I liked the article, but I kind of rolled my eyes at it as well. They have confidence in Tyrod, but they went out and drafted a quarterback number six overall and Justin Aber from Oregon. I mean, not that doesn't scream confidence. Why did you go and draft a quarterback six overall if you have so much confidence in Tyrod Taylor?
1: I like that they're not bringing Cam Newton in.
0: Okay. I don't think Tyrod's going to start. I think they're going to start Justin A. Bear. I think that was blip service. I think Uh, you don't go draft a quarterback with a six overall pick if you have a lot of confidence in Tyrod.
1: Well, then maybe this will be the stupidest thing that I've known that you needed to know on this podcast, which, you know, has a low bar already. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I took it the other way. Um, I I don't know how you start that kid out of Oregon this quick, but all right. I guess they do that. I guess you you won another high next year.
0: Yeah, because you drafted... Because you picked him six overall. Maybe maybe they don't. Maybe with, again, the pandemic, maybe they don't get as much reps and they just stick with Tyrod because he's an NFL veteran and they give him a shot in year one and then Bear comes in year two. But I, Tyrod has maybe one year. Maybe.
1: Well, Cam, if they brought Cam Newton in, he'd have no years. He wouldn't even he would uh, Cam be... Newton's from, gonna for, Cam Newton's not going to play. Cam Newton,
0: one, that so. article touched on it. Cam Newton's not going to play because... Teams can't get a physical of Cam Newton yet. And until they can, no one's even going to throw him an offer that he's going to accept. It's fine. He's a different player than he was when he came in the league. He's beaten up. He's broken. It's the danger of a scrambling quarterback. As a Ravens fan, it's my nightmare with Lamar Jackson every time he takes off.
1: Well, I hope Tyra gets some.
0: Speaking of, uh, what's your, uh, just real quick, how do you feel about Mike Tomlin handing James Harrison an envelope?
1: they've clarified that this was my, what you need to know, but uh, everything's gotten murky <laughs> since I put that on my, on this page. So I took it back off. Uh, Harrison came out with some statement today saying that that was the wrong reference. And I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't
1: like it. I don't want Tom- Tomlin suspended for a year. I know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would feel differently about the idea of it. If I didn't think that whole I didn't. I thought Sean Payton got the raw deal there, and, and Greg Williams. They both. That was something that was going on throughout the league for a time period before the Saints got caught doing it. So my clinching my pearls that it happened for the Saints was not dramatic. Um, I don't want to see repercussions on the Steelers coaching staff because of that. Now, um, I loved Harrison, man, and oh, we I did, did him a little. We did him a little bit wrong, and it seemed like he's gotten really, really mean with us. And I I just don't like it. I I think we're also dealing with somebody that isn't running on the same wavelength as a lot of us. I I was going to say, you mean
0: he's a crazy person?
1: You know, that's what it took for him to play at that high level and be not highly recruited or highly sought after and then really play at a high level and make one of the best plays in Super Bowl history with that interception, taking it to the house all the way down the field um but i hope nothing much comes of this and i think with the news today it seems like it's already kind of getting squashed whether it should get squashed or not is another thing i just want it to go away i just i my stomach kind of turned when i first saw the headline uh i was glad to see it calming down it, no one was talking about it today no one was i tried to search more about it and it was not just blatant out there so i hope it just kind of goes back away and uh whether that's right or wrong, whether it's a recruiting violation at tech or something. I just, I hope it's not, I don't, want, I don't want anything going on like that for my teams. So, you know, paying for big hits or cheating the systems. I don't, I don't want it to hurt my teams. I don't, mm. want, I, well, I hope it's not true. How about mm. I'll say that
0: your head coach <laughs> tripped a player running down the sideline for a touchdown. He, he, he should he have been kicked out of the league that. for that. What a cheat. That was bad. what a that was cheat what did to tech back in the nineties. It was so bad. What a cheat.
1: I did not like that.
0: All right, Leland, take us out of here.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening to the yak sports podcast this week. Your Augusta County sports. You need to be following us at yak sports pod on Twitter or on Facebook or emailing us at yak at gmail.com. Make sure you're telling our, your friends that we exist and that we're talking about things they care about, particularly when the high school and local sports are going on. Uh, But hopefully you guys get a couple laughs out of us in the meantime. Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, we're available on all of it, and we look forward to talking to you all next week.
0: You've been listening to Yak Sports,
1: your Augusta County sports podcast.